Amazing Grace Kona welcomes you to today's lesson from Pastor Izzy Manzo. Our prayer is that today's lesson will spiritually feed and uplift you. Now, here's Pastor Izzy. Happy 23 years of being in Hawaii. There's such a warmth here. I get to Hawaii and I, I got my first hugs and kisses from a Hawaiian family um, when I was with Grace. She brought me up to her house in Hulualoa. And then she was just ahead of me going in the door. Her family made a, a receiving line just like I was used to at my relative's house. They have like the youngest to the oldest, just like exactly what we do. And as you come in the door, everyone hugs and kisses and greets each other. And I thought, this is cool, man, Lord. I like I like Hawaii. You know, it's a great place to serve the Lord, great place to raise. Jan and I get to celebrate 23 years in the Lord today of Sunday services. It was really on the 4th of July back then, but I don't know, the calendar sh shift. Let's, we're on the 5th today, but we'll count it. 23 full years of getting to have Sunday services in Kona. And I've seen a lot of people come and go through the islands. And the and the Hawaiians told me, we're going to come to your church after you've been here five years. Because we make sure you have staying power. We don't want to get invested and get to know you. And then you dig out. And they knew. You know, Now that I've been here that long, I realize what they're saying. You know how many people have come and gone in that amount of time? But I have a different attitude. My attitude is if perhaps someone, I only get to meet them one time. Or one Sunday, they, they came to Hawaii for a once-in-a-lifetime vacation, and I get the privilege to sow any spiritual seeds that would strengthen their faith, just or water seeds that have already been planted, I don't care. Just give me, I think about Paul the Apostle. If you said to him, you're only going to meet these guys one time, would he say, oh, well, not worth preaching to? Or would he go, give them to me? I'll tell them as much as I can and as quick as I can. You know, Just power pack it, Lord. Just make it so that they get fed. Let's look on here in Mark at verse 13. And so they sent some of the Pharisees and Herodians, it says, in order to catch Jesus in a statement. Herodians are the guys that they were Jewish, but they were loyal to Herod. By the way, to, to the Jew, the true Jew, if you were a Herodian, in other words, you, you were Jewish, but you also, to them, they're like Benedict Arnold to the Jewish faith by saying they were had allegiance to Herod. And not, not only to their Jewish roots, but yeah, we're living in the days we live in, so we're, we're loyal to Herod. They were called Herodians, but they were Jewish people. And they came to Jesus, and it says, verse 13, in order to trap him in a statement. <laughs> Good luck. But anyway, they go to him and they say to him, teacher, we know that you are truthful and you defer to no one for you are not partial to any. But you teach the way of God in truth. Does this seem like kissing up? Then they spring their question. Is it lawful to pay tax to Caesar, the poll tax, or not? Shall we pay or shall we not? In verse 15, but Jesus, knowing their hypocrisy, said to them, Why are you testing me? Bring me a denarius. And so they brought him one. A denarius is a, like one day's wage. So they brought him the coin, and he held it, and he said, Whose likeness, whose inscription is on this coin? He holds it up. And they said to him, Caesar's. You know, it's a Roman coin. He says, who's, who's this guy on the front? They said, Caesar. Then render to Caesar what is Caesar's, and render to God what is God's. And it says, and they were amazed at him. They thought they had him trapped. See, because if he would have said, 
Caesar, give it to Caesar, they would have said, oh, you don't honor God. And if they said, give it to God, then you don't honor the, the authorities. You're anti-authority. Let's get him arrested. It was like they, they felt like they had a trap where he couldn't win. We're going to catch him. You ever felt like someone tries to spring one trap on you like that? You, have you ever had someone come to you with a question where it's loaded and you know it? Straight off the bat, you know they're just looking for a fight. Or they're looking to bust you some way. I like, I gotta learn Jesus' style. You know, just because just cause they ask a question. If it's not a sincere question, they're like, well, you're a pastor. You have to answer my question. Why? You're not a Christian. You don't want to follow God. You don't want the answer. You just want to try to make an argument. They're like, oh, he's on to me. Yeah. You know, I'll stay and answer questions of a sincere question when someone really wants to know about the Lord. But when they come and they're like this, like those religious nudie snobs or those legalistic ones that come and they they want to they want they just want to fight is all they want. They want to get you in trouble. They want to catch you in some kind of trap that they think they're setting. I like Jesus's style. Uh, by the way, the scribes and the Pharisees, the the chief priests, when those guys first came, they tried to trap Jesus. And Jesus says, I tell you what, they, they said, who gave you this authority to teach this stuff on the, you know, on behalf of God? He said, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you who gave me the authority if you tell me whether John's baptism was from God or from men. Remember that all the crowds were around. They thought John was a great man, a come of God to prepare the way for the Messiah, the one. He said, I'm a voice of one crying in the wilderness, make ready the way of the Lord. Get your heart ready. Here comes the Lord, the forerunner to the Messiah. Now, Jesus asked the, the religious leaders, so was his baptism, the baptism of John from God or from men? And it says what they, they thought it through. Well, if we say it's from men, the crowds will kill us because they like, they hold John to be a prophet. And if we say from God, then he'll say, well, then why don't you believe him? Why didn't you repent? And they said, we don't know. You know, playing it safe. And what was Jesus' answer to their question? Well, you ain't answering my question, so I ain't going to answer yours. Did you know you're allowed to give that answer? Someone gives you some smart aleck question, and you can, has anyone know, I mean, can you think back to a time when someone did this to you, they're trying to trap you? And you know, you're like, they're trying to trap me. There's like no good answer here. You're, you're, at least in my understanding, I wouldn't come with, up with what Jesus did. But he came up with a great one. Just because they're asking some smart aleck question to try to trap you. Are you not allowed to respond with a question of your own? Give them a question that says, so, do you really think the words of this book that point us to Jesus, you know, that says, because he's the one who will take away our sins. Do you think that's a really true message in this book? Or not? And when they go, well, if I say no, then... Or if I say yeah, then he'll say, well, why don't you believe it? You know, I mean, are you not allowed to ask back a question? See, Christians are like no backbone. I'm sorry to say, but someone tries to trap them in a question and they just fall down. Oh, can't do it. Like, who says? The Lord just answered them back with a question 
And his question was good. Just simple. So, the stuff what God has been doing around you, you think it's God at work or not? If they say no, I don't, I don't know. If, well, then you don't care about whether God's work. Well, why do I answer a question about God's work when you don't even see God at work anyway? I don't waste my time. But see, if you're really seeking to know and you want to know about the Lord, is God at work all around us all the time? He's doing stuff around us. And, and the neat thing is, is the people who have eyes to see. Remember Jesus, he'd always say, let the person who has an ear to hear what the Spirit says, let them hear. Sometimes people, it's amazing to me, we can be talking about this stuff and the one person can be sitting there going, oh man, that really speaks to me. That, uh, that gets, uh, now I know when that, my smart aleck cousin asks me next time, I know how to answer them. But someone else will be going, oh, I don't understand anything what you're talking about. Because isn't it interesting how some days we get, we receive so much from God and other days our ears, like we got cotton stuffed in it, spiritual cotton. We just don't get it. We're not hearing, I, Lord, I don't even know if you're there. I can't hear you. And then some days you have those sweet days where God just gives you that little, a little still voice inside says, uh-uh, uh-uh, or turn here. And you're thinking, why? Has anyone ever been driving and felt like God says, go a different route? And you know it's not you because you're thinking, I'm going the way I know to go. Has anyone ever besides me ever experienced where you're driving and you just have, or you feel this feeling like a little voice saying, slow down. And you slow down and you just, just another block up, there's the cop with the trap. You're like, thank you, Lord, man. I'm glad I listened. Or an accident. Has any of you ever experienced this where you felt that little something inside says, slow down. Just, just like, just like let off. Just coastal, like. Relax, just take it easy. But you know it's not you. You're in a hurry. And you, you let off, and what do you encounter? Just just seconds what, what, where you would have been. You just missed the accident. That's, the Bible says that's God's spirit given to all of us to lead us, to guide us. He's looking out for And some people are, are very aware of this. I notice with the women, they're more sensitive to this. The guys have to train them. Listen, when you hear that voice, what doesn't sound anything like you and you would never do, that's probably God. Okay, because they want to know, how do you know what's God's voice? Listen, when he says slow down, I know it's him because I don't want to slow down naturally. And somebody's like, do you hear a voice of God in your head? No. Use the term voice because it's like somehow inside. I know. It's, not, it's like more like something inwardly knows. God can speak to us without any words. You know, he can touch us where we know. No one, and people around us don't even know. He could be speaking to us, and the person next to us doesn't, not a clue what's going on. And God is doing work in us and helping us or, or just comforting us. We could be having a rough day. Any of you ever felt like God just, like, came and just when you're really struggling, Lord, I need some help. And you feel this, he goes, it's okay. Like, got it. I'm just trying to use words, but he doesn't even need to use words. He just just fixes it, like inside he fixes. That's a wonderful thing. Well, after this, the Sadducees are going to arrive. The next group, 
He just dealt with the Herodians and the Pharisees. Now he gets the Sadducees. Now, why are they sad, you see? Because they don't believe in resurrection. Listen to their question. You guys are going to laugh. I mean, this one is too much. There's a Jewish law on the books, what Moses wrote in the book of Deuteronomy, in chapter 25, in around verse 5. Oh, let me read it to you. Verse 18. So some Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to Jesus and began questioning him, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves behind a wife and leaves no child, his brother should take the wife and raise up an offspring to his brother. I tell you, this would be very good for the families. I guarantee the boys would be involved in the choices of women when it came to their brother picking. Though the brother's picking a bride, you better get a good one because if you die, I got to have her. And uh, yeah, no, not that one. Now, the offspring has to be male. If they get a girl, he's got to, they got to do it again till they get a boy. So the man's name will be passed on. So it says there were seven brothers, and the first one took a wife, and he died, leaving no offspring. And the second took her, and he died, leaving behind no offspring. And the third likewise. And so on, all seven left no offspring. Last of all, the woman died too. If I was like number two, three, four, I'd be like, I ain't eating her cooking. She killed three, four of my brother, right? Crazy. What a crazy question. Anyway, then they say to him, in the resurrection, when they rise again, which one's wife will she be? For all seven had her as a wife. Now, do the Sadducees believe in resurrection to start with? No. So when someone comes ask you some question, you know they don't believe in any way. They say, so what about uh, faith in Jesus? Like, do you guys, like, if I believed, should I, like, do this or that? Why? You believe? These guys don't believe in resurrection anyway. But watch Jesus on these guys. He says to them, verse 24, Is this not the reason that you are mistaken, that you do not understand the Scriptures, nor the power of God? He says, for... When they rise from the dead, neither do they marry, nor are they given in marriage, but they are like angels in heaven. But regarding the fact that the dead rise again, because they were going to use this as a trap too, by the way. But regarding the fact that the dead rise again, Jesus says, Have you not read the book of Moses in the passage about the burning bush? How it says that God spoke to him saying, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Now, if you don't know your Jewish history, Abraham is like considered the father of the faith. He's pretty big in there, who's who in the zoo. And so Abraham has Isaac. Isaac has Jacob. Jacob wrestles with an angel all night. He gets his name changed to an Israel. Yeah. He gets his name changed to Israel. He has 12 sons. One of the sons is named Levi. From that son, Levi, comes this guy named Moses and a guy, his brother Aaron. Okay, so the Levitical law will come down line. Now, here, Jesus, haven't you read what in the book of Moses, how he was at the burning bush speaking to the Lord, right? Remember the glowing bush thing? You guys seen the movie, right? Flames, but it's not consumed. It's like burning, but 
It was special effects. Okay, Hollywood. But in real, it really happened. And how the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. But that would mean, okay, wait, Jacob or Israel, who had his 12 sons, who Levi was one of them, who now Moses is a son of Levi. So that makes Levi Moses' dad, right? Uh, of lineage. I'm just tracing for you. And then from Levi, Israel is his dad. So that would make Israel grandpa. Well, just, I'm, I'm like kind of spiritually shorten the story, but just, okay, Moses' grandpa was Israel or J Jacob here is his name before he wrestled the angel. So God said, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and grandpa. Well, Isaac would be great-grandpa, right? And then Abraham would be great-great-grandpa. I'm the father of your grandpa, your great-grandpa, and your great-great-grandpa. Jesus, haven't you ever read that in your book? You just quoted me a verse about from the book about the brother. If he dies, you got to have his brother-brother go in and take the wife. And then the other. You guys are quoting me the book, but you're not really catching the message of the book. Because isn't your grandpa and your great-grandpa and your great-great-grandpa, isn't God their God too? And what does Jesus do now? He spins it on them. Is those guys the dead? Well, yeah, they had died. Right? They, they're gone. A long time ago those guys lived. And Jesus says to them then, He is not the God of the dead. Verse 27. He is the God of the living, and you are greatly mistaken. He tried to point out to them, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, your grandpa, your great-great-great-great-great, they're all alive. They're not alive here, right? They weren't on the earth here. He wasn't talking about that. Where were they? They're in heaven. He's like, hey, wake up, man. They're already over on the other side. They're there. Don't you? See, but they don't believe in what? resurrection they're trying to trap him they're thinking if he says number one gets her or number two they're gonna go, aha like some kind of trap for jesus he goes you guys don't get it you are mistaken and you know when someone asks you something what is a loaded question do you know you're allowed to answer with these words you are mistaken did you know that you know what and Okay, when you're older, you can do this to the young ones, and you have advantage. You have, the Bible says, the gray hairs is a sign of wisdom. So some of you, with me, we have a lot of wisdom. Mine's just showing on the edge here. But, well, some of you guys got a whole head full. That's a lot of wisdom. But how many of you have ever answered when someone's trapping you in a statement, you're mistaken. You're really not understanding this, the, the big picture. That's what he was saying to them, by the way. They were, they were nitpicking at a little thing, right? But were they missing, like what Jesus said, you guys will strain out a gnat because gnats were unclean. The Jews weren't supposed to eat unclean meat. But you will swallow a camel. Oh, nice guys. You know, the, they nitpick at the little thing. You ever met people like this? They nitpick the little teeny thing but they missed the big picture. You know what you got to say to them? That's a mistake. Don't do that. You are mistaken. Now, today, 
that's politically incorrect. Isn't it? They give you a lot of trouble if you say, you're. but when I was growing up, if my grandfather, if we were doing something foolish when we were young, we we were looking at it wrong or whatever. I'm just saying from my upbringing, the older generation had the full right to say, you're wrong. That's You're looking at that wrong or you're mistaken. And we didn't go, who are you, older guy, to tell me, the younger guy, what I am doing right or wrong? We said, oh, okay. And we took notes. We learned, right? What does the Bible say? We're supposed to learn from the elders? But see, now Satan has kind of tied the elders' hands behind the back, making it, like, politically incorrect if you correct someone for their idiocy. There are some people just doing some stupid things that needs the older people to speak into their lives and say, you are mistaken. If you're older and you're feeling like, what good am I for the Lord? I'm just older. I don't have the strength. So I'm not able to go out in the mission field and do all those other things and lift the things and all that. Forget that. You know, we have a whole younger generation that need the older generation to speak into their lives. And sometimes it's going to be a simple thing. What you have the wisdom from the years to just say to the young one who's doing the foolish thing, you're mistaken. That's not the pro that's not the way to jack the car up without the jack stands and get underneath there. You are mistaken. Some guys don't realize how much wisdom they have gained from life. Uh, I got a question. How come they don't share it? What are you like a hog? Wisdom hog? You're supposed to share, pass on those things. And by the way, you're also as the elders told in the scripture you're the one that is supposed to pass on the blessing to the younger one to the next generation and to their next to the children and to the children's children you got a job don't worry whether the body feels old and tired or the pains you don't know the power of that the impact what you can have on your children right or your children your grandchildren when you take them and you just bring them close to you and, and you just bless them. You know, blessing can be as simple as you can do it. Hang in there. I, it's going to be okay. I bless you. They just, whoa. Because this world doesn't do that. So we got to practice. Just blessing others. Not cursing, blessing. We should just start doing it. Just the younger ones come around, I bless you. They'll be like, what? They'll be probably shocked. <gasps> Did you hear that? Let's go back. Uh, try it, by the way. You want to see what it does for a young person? Bless them when they come around. Whatever. God will give you the right thing to say. You know, blessings come different ways, right? I mean, different words can be used. Different, but, but when you do it, watch what the kids, how they feel around you when you're the one being the one passing on blessings. I submit to you, you'll be shocked at what an impact you will have and what the children will, and the grandchildren, how they will just, it draws them. They know the one who curses, but do they know the one who blesses? When you bless, do they feel it? 
Do they want to be around it? Yes. Let's be the blessing. Let's be the instruments that God uses. And even to your own children, speak blessings to them. The Bible says when they rise and when they lay down, we're to speak to them when we take them on a walk about the things of the Lord. Just, hey, don't forget the Lord is with us. Don't forget he has, he's the one who directs us. Let's listen for his direction. We can even teach our kids. Sometimes you're going to feel a little something inside saying, mm, don't do that or don't go that. Listen to that. It doesn't have to be an audible, hey, you stop it. If God does that for you, you better stop it because that means like you're really in bed. Like he's probably about this close to falling off the cliff. But if he's got to go that audible on you, you're you're close to danger, danger. But hopefully you hear before you even get that close. That little voice inside his spirit says, uh-uh, not that way. Or, hey, slow down. May your ear be able to hear what his spirit says. Amazing Grace Kona thanks you for listening to today's lesson. If your travels take you to Kailua Kona on the Big Island of Hawaii, come visit us. We meet Sunday mornings, 9 a.m., on the beach at the north end of the old Kona Airport. For more information about Amazing Grace Kona, go to our website, AmazingGraceKona.com. Amazing Grace Kona is the original Calvary Chapel Kona.